<clears throat> yeah. One, two, three, go. Hey, 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 folks. Hey, welcome back to the Basement Show podcast. Short. That's right, baby. What are we hitting them off with today, T? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Urban legends. Here Ooh, we go. Nice. Scary. Oh. Um, in Massachusetts, uh, there is a tunnel called the Hoosack Tunnel. Mm-hmm. It's nicknamed the Bloody Pit. Oh. So we're going to learn about the Bloody Pit today. That's right. Pitfall. <laughs> in the mid-19th century, over 200 people died during the construction of the railroad tunnel between the Massachusetts towns of North Adams and Florida. That's right. The Florida, Florida Mass. Florida Mass. Welcome. The tunnel is now the stuff of local folklore. Ooh, nicknamed wow. the Bloody Pit, tales of the paranormal phenomena surround the famous locale. Mm. So famous um, that the, I think it's on the Travel Channel that um, the, the Ghost Adventures show with the guy with the tight T-shirt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the tight T-shirt <laughs> I call guys. him Tiny T. Yeah, Tiny T. He uh... Looks like it was put on with a heat gun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. Wrap it up like they, a blockbuster movie. They yeah. they have visited the Hussack Tunnel. Of course. In the gorgeously rugged Berkshire Hills of western Massachusetts, where mist settles on peaks and legends have prevailed since the early days of the state, deep within these woods lies the Hussack Tunnel. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> this is a good Halloween story. Turn it off is. all your lights. It is. Stories of vanished friends, strange sounds, apparitions, and grown men, sound of mind, filled with unrelenting fear. I'm crazy. (laughs) I have unrelenting mind. That's right. The Hoosack Tunnel is an active railroad tunnel in western Massachusetts that passes through the massive Hoosack Mountain Range. Hoosack! Mm, Hoosack! An extension of Vermont's Green Mountains. Mm, Beautiful. It runs in a straight line along the Deerfield River. The digging of this tunnel is a story of blood, sweat, tears, and tragedy. And regrets. (laughs) And probably many regrets. Many regrets, yes. Work on the tunnel began in 1851 with an estimated cost of $2 million. $2 million in 1851. That's got to be several billion. Yeah. yeah. Construction ended way over budget in 1875. Sounds like Massachusetts. Having yep. used 21 million. Mhm. And its completion, the tunnel was the world's second longest over the 24 years it took to complete, just like the big dig. Mhm. Uh, hundreds of miners using just picks and shovels chipped away at the stronghold that is the Hoosack Mountain. That's a long day. Very much so. Mm-hmm. The 200 of those miners lost their lives in what would be known as the Bloody Pit. Oh. Most casualties happened due to explosions and fires and even drownings in the shaft. Ooh. I know. While most can be chalked up to tragedy, a couple of deaths may not have been accidental. Hmm. Oh. In 1865, the, explos- the explosive nitroglycerin was introduced to industrial America. Perfect for blasting through tough rock of mountain. Mm. Perfect. Mm. On the afternoon of March 20th, 1865, Ned Brinkman, Billy Nash, and Ringo Kelly. Awesome. That is awesome. Ringo planted a charge of nitroglycerin and ran toward a safety bunker. Brinkman and Nash never made it out. Kelly had prematurely set off the explosion. (sighs) 
burying his co-workers alive under tons of solid rock. Oh, man. Soon after the tragedy, Kelly was nowhere to be found. He was not seen again until a year and ten days later when his body was discovered inside the tunnel at the exact spot that Brinkman and Nash, uh, that Brinkman and Nash had died. Kelly had been strangled to death. Oh. <laughs> Deputy Sheriff Charles F. Gibson estimated the time of death between midnight and 3.30 a.m. Mm, the witching hour. <laughs> it oh, is a witching hour. Yes. But with no suspects, the murder was never solved. Some of the miners came to their own conclusion. They thought that Kelly had been murdered by the vengeful spirits of Brinkman and Nash. Fearing the tunnel had been cursed by their restless ghosts, the miners avoided entering it. Even visitors to the tunnel became uneasy. Paul Travers was a mechanical engineer employed with the Hoosack Project and had once taken a tour of the tunnel with one of the tunnel's managers, Mr. Dunn. Paul was a highly respected cavalry officer in the Union Army. And he wrote letters to his sister back home in Connecticut often. Connecticut. One of the letters detailed what he heard in the tunnel. He said, The men constantly complaining of hearing a man's voice cry out in agony and refuse to enter the great shaft after nightfall. The mines manager assured them time and time again that the sounds were nothing more than wind sweeping through the tunnels. But the miners were not so trusting. Paul continued in his letter, The night Mr. Dunn and I entered the great tunnel at exactly 9 p.m., we traveled two miles into the shaft and then stopped to listen. As we stood there in cold silence, we both heard what truly sounded like a man groaning out in pain. <gasps> <laughs> As you know, I have heard this same sound many times during the war. Yet, when we turned up the wicks on our lamps, there was no other human beings in the shaft except Mr. Dunn and myself. I'll admit I hadn't been this frightened since Shiloh. I have no idea. Hmm. Mr. Dunn agreed that it wasn't the wind we heard. Perhaps Nash or Brinkman, I wonder. Hmm. For revenge! <laughs> A month after Paul's visit on October 17, 1868, the worst disaster in the tunnel's history happened. Thirteen miners perished in a gas explosion that blew apart a surface pumping station. Debris filled the shaft where the miners were working. Glenn Drohan, a correspondent for the North Adams Transcript, reported that a miner named Mallory was lowered in, in, uh, down into a bucket and a rope to search for survivors. Once he was back at the surface, almost unconscious from all the fumes, he gasped and uttered two words, no hope. Mm. Mm. With the surface pumping station out of order, the 538-foot shaft started to fill quickly with water. Bodies of some of the miners started to surface. More than a year later, remaining bodies were found on a makeshift raft the survivors had built to try to float on the rising water. They ended up suffocating from the lack of oxygen as the fires raged. That's horrible. It is. During the time that the miners were missing, villagers started to talk about seeing strange shapes and muffled wails near the water-filled shaft. Workmen claimed to see the lost miners carrying picks and shovels through a shower of mist 
and snow at the peaks of the mountains. It was said that the apparitions would appear briefly and then vanish, leaving no footprints. As soon as the raft-bound miners were found, they were given a proper burial, and the visitations ceased. Mm. But deep inside the tunnel, eerie moans persisted, and workers were terrified. A drilling operations superintendent visited the tunnel after the tragedy and appeared in a Michigan newspaper. He wrote about his visit. On the night of June 25th, 1872, James McKinstry and I entered the great excavation at precisely 11.30 p.m. We had traveled about two miles into the shaft when we finally halted to rest. Except for the dim, smoky light cast by our lamps, the place was as cold as a tomb. James and I stood there, talking for a minute or two, and were just about to turn back when suddenly I heard a strange, mournful sound. It was just as if someone or something was suffering in great pain. The next thing I saw was a dim light coming along the tunnel from the westerly direction. At first, I believed it was probably a workman with a lantern. Yet, as the light drew closer, it took on a strange blue color and appeared to change shape, almost in the form of a human being without a head. Ooh. Gross. <laughs> the light seemed to be floating along a foot or two above the tunnel floor. In the next instant, it felt as if the temperature had dropped and a cold, icy chill ran down my spine. The headless form came so close that I could have reached out and touched it, but I was too terrified to move. For what seemed like an eternity, McKinstry and I just stood there, gaping at the headless thing, like two wooden statues. <laughs> the blue light remained motionless for a few seconds, as if it were actually looking us over, and then floated off toward the east end of the shaft and vanished into thin air. <laughs> to think all this occurred before the tunnel was even completed... <clears throat> On February 9th, 1875, the first train ventured through the haunted tunnel. The ghost train. Even with completion of the tunnel, frightening tales still stir circulate, even today. Muffled voices, orbs of light, apparitions. Uh, it is suggested if you try to visit the tunnel, just stay out of it because it is currently an operating train tunnel. Hmm. Um, well, that's it. It's the light at the end of the tunnel. You can <laughs> ring the bell. Uh, to be notified when we drop new me mediocre content. And don't let the like button be lonely. Be sure to hit that as well. If you're feeling generous, you can share and subscribe. Uh, next week, what are we doing, Ryan? Full episode. Full episode, of course. That's right. So get excited. <laughs> right now. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs>